third podcast here for the love means nothing this is gonna be a bit of a french open preview uh the draws have just come out qualifying is just ending we've got the final round of qualifying tomorrow so the draws kind of shaping out i know last week we kind of said uh, a lot of the it's a lot of the interest is going to be on the draw because it doesn't matter when these uh players play each other um it's just been it's just been um introduced here so we're going to give our thoughts kind of on the odds, men's draw, women's draw. And we've also got a little bit of French Open trivia for Vid. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how he did well on the first podcast, got everything correct, and then not as well on the second. But um, some French Open podcasts, and I think we're going to learn some stuff about the French Open as well. So it uh, should be good. But uh, I don't know, Vid, what was your you know, kind of initial reaction when you saw the draw? The other thing I'll say is that when it gets around to these grand slams, it's just such a different vibe you can feel how important each match is and you kind of know like looking back in history 20 30 years from now with everything all the dynamics going on with Novak Rafa Carlos um, we're going to be looking back at at this draw at this tournament and uh, I think it's one of those things the players know that they know how important this is uh, and they know how uh, monumental these Grand Slam events are so just a different feeling in the air when a Grand Slam event is up on deck. But uh, I don't know if it really surprising here on the men's and women's draw with the, uh, side with the draw. Uh, what were your thoughts when you kind of saw it initially? I mean, I don't know if we could have asked for anything more in terms of kind of how crazy this draw is and what it's set up to be. Um, it's really loaded on one side of the draw and the men's side. We have some interesting matchups on the women's side, and I'm looking forward to kind of guiding our eyes away from these 250s in Geneva and Lyon and getting into the good stuff over in Paris. Yeah, I know. As much as I do want to see Casper just dominate the competition uh, at the 250, uh, look a lot more exciting. I also kind of want to mention, you know, these Grand Slam qualifyings. Like, I want to say it's like such a unique event in sports, these uh, qualifying events, because you have guys – that range from up-and-coming stars, 18, 19 years old, guys like Fernando Verdasco, who are like 37, um, coming back and playing qualifying, and then people who are kind of coming back from an injury or ha were, had some time on the ATV tour, like a Sebastian Offner, young Bjorn Fratangelo, a guy who won the French Open juniors. So I love watching qualifying, and honestly, one of the coolest feelings in sports is watching uh, a player realize his dream and, uh, you know, make that main draw of a major uh, and, and, and kind of win the final round of qualifying. And like Drew mentioned on the last podcast, this, the Grand Slams are really a time where people so deep in the rankings get an opportunity. A lot more people are getting directly into the main draw. Um, the players that are getting into qualifying are ranked lower, so they have these great opportunities to win those three matches in qualifying and get into a main draw Grand Slam and then you know, who knows what happens from there. But these are really great opportunities for not only uh, the top guys to win a slam, but for the lower rank guys to get into the draw and maybe win a match or two. 
Yeah, I mean, you think about kind of the, this is when the entire world, of course, we follow tennis, we watch every single week, ATP 250s, et cetera, but this is when the entire sporting world, four weeks or eight weeks a year, four tournaments a year, turns their eye to the te- uh, to the sport of tennis, right? And this could be a life-changing experience for a low-ranked guy who might be able to make the second round, play on Philippe Chatrier, and uh, play in front of millions and millions of fans around the world, really uh, realizing their dream, so... Yeah, uh, gosh, I, I can't wait. And I don't know, I think that maybe we'll start kind of going through, before we talk about the, the draw itself, go through these odds here. Um, uh, let's start with the men's side. Where would you put the cutoff as to players that you can realistically see um, winning the event? Djokovic, a slight favorite right now over Carlos Alcaraz and Nadal is third. Right, yeah, not getting into the women's too much, but I will say the huge difference between kind of the men's odds and the women's odds are when I was looking at the men's, I'm looking at the top and there's a cutoff really high and the women's just kind of keep going and going as to who could win it. But back to the men's, I think that I'm going to cut it off with Alexander Zverev at plus 1400. Casper um, Ruud is kind of the next guy at plus 1800, but I don't see him being able to win the tournament just because, Drew, as you mentioned last week on the pod, that Rude really has not done much damage in the slams. And I think I'm going to cut it off with the top five guys. I would be tempted to cut off at Sissipas, but um, Zverev is, although he hasn't had the season that he has wanted to, he's still um, a factor and a potential winner of this Grand Slam. If he's playing well, if things open up for him, I know he has a tough draw, but I'm going to cut it off after Alexander Zverev. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm going to cut it off after Alexander Zverev. Um, yeah, I just we just haven't seen enough from the guys that are lower here. Look at Medvedev, Sinner, Rublev. Uh, they haven't really done anything on the clay this season or just the clay kind of in general. Yannick Sinner, I think we're going to talk about him later. He's got a kind of an open draw. He has only lost to Rafael Nadal in the French Open. Every time he's played it, he's gotten as far as he can and lost to Rafael Nadal. So potentially some uh, something for Sinner there. I did see one thing that caught my eye. It was Dennis. I know we gas up Dennis a lot on this podcast. Um, and because just because we think he's so talented, but 66 to one, Dennis. I, and I would even put, I would put Dennis right there above Casper as, as, as in the like 20 to one, 25 to one range. So uh, I don't know about the odds makers, but I think that Dennis 66 to one is a little disrespectful. Um, but no, Vid, I agree. I think it's kind of cut and dry. Uh, cut it off at Stefanos Tsitsipas there for for um, the last guy that can win. Uh, I think Zverev maybe has a chance, but uh, yeah, go, go ahead for the women now. Yeah, no, I'm just going to say one more thing on the men. Uh, I think you're right. I think the odds makers are doing Dennis dirty down at plus 6,600. And the one other thing that I wanted to mention that I find kind of not accurate is Dominic team at plus 2000. I mean, there's no shot. This guy wins the tournament. He's famous last words. This guy, (laughs) he's been getting routined at challengers. I don't think he should be the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh highest favorite to win the tournament. So yeah, Yeah, I I agree. I agree with it, but like he's, he's been to the finals two times. I think, they get a lot of bets on him, so they kind of have to, like, hedge that, you know, a little bit with, like, having uh, worse odds for him. But I agree, but two-time finalist French Open, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Women's, uh, after Iga, 
wide open. There's just like a list of, I don't know, 20 to 25 players that if Iga somehow slips up, could win it. Way more interesting in terms of the variety and the depth. Anything you want to touch on specifically regarding to the odds in the women's game? Yeah, no, I think specifically, you know, or I'm, I'm sorry, more generally, sorry. You're right. There's just so much depth here as to who could win it um, after Iga. You look, you look down low into the plus 2,500 range, 2,800 range. There's people like Elena Rabakina, who has done really well at the French. Last year, got to the quarters and lost 9-7. Amanda Anasimova has had some good results here. I don't know if she'll, she's necessarily someone who can win it, but I think she's someone who can go deep and kind of be a problem for other players and who knows, maybe slip in and get her first Grand Slam. But like you said, it's just so many girls here, women here that could potentially win the tournament. And while there are people above Amanda Anasimova that I don't think could win it, I'm going to cut it off down at Amanda Anasimova as to who could win it. Maybe, maybe also throw in Ostapenko, but I think when we get down to Pliskova Kudermatova, that's when you can say, you know, no more. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm going to cut it off around Pliskova just because she's finding her form this week in the, in the WTA event. Maybe if we can see the Pliskova of old, there's a chance there. Um, Barbara Krakova, defending champion, 18 to one, not in great form, but uh, the defending champion as well. Uh, so you say uh, Jesse Pagula, Danielle Collins, uh, you're out on them. They're, they're, they're not making the cut here for Vince French Open potential winners. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Um, they, I mean, they could, honestly, but I think when we get to that stage in the odds... Splitting hairs, exactly. That's, that's when it's like, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, sure, Daniel Collins... Like, there's a world where it happens, but you have to cut it off. There's so many people above her that I think couldn't win it, so that's why I have to cut it off early. And, you know, just so the listeners know kind of what we're talking about, I think I'll p- post the the link to this into the description. So you all can go check out kind of this nice web page from VegasInsider.com and look at the odds for yourself. Yeah. So I think let's move on to the men's side, men's draw, obviously a lot to talk about there. Um, Boy, it's loaded up at the top, Uh, extremely balanced. You've got the top three favorites all in the same half, including also Alexander Zverev on the top, Sitsipas down at the bottom with like Casper Ruud, um, yeah, but Rafa versus Novak in the quarterfinals. Um, what do you think about just the top half of the draw? Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot to be said. Just the top half of the draw, you're seeing just so many interesting things. I'll start off with Novak Djokovic and not his quarterfinal match. I'm going to start off talking about his potential second round match against Alex Molkan and the reason I bring that up is because Novak's former coach, Marion Vida, is working with Alex Molkan now. So it'll just be, you know, fun to see Novak versus Marion. And I think... Wow, wow. I think he'll definitely get the better of Alex Molkan, but that kind of caught my eye. And other than that, I don't... I mean, I don't even see that as a test, but I don't really see a test for Novak until he gets to Rafa in the quarters, uh, to be honest. Uh, then with regards to Rafa, I think... I think similar to Novak, I don't see anything tough for him till he gets to the quarters with Novak. Because if that is, if he is healthy, if he's not, then you know he could be out in the first round if that foot is bothering him like it did at the Italian Open. But kind of what else caught my eye was who he's going to play in the round of 16. 
that could be pretty interesting because um, there's Felix is the seed to make it to the round of 16 there, but he has never won a match at the French Open in the main really? draw. His entire career. Yeah, just just double check me on that. I know you're the you're the stats guy. You're the cool stats guy, but I'm the stats guy that sometimes gets incorrect stats. But yes, right. But I think that's the case, and I think it could be Karatsev, Opelka, or Krajinovic playing Nadal in the round of 16. So I think that's something pretty interesting to to look at in that section of the draw. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of interesting when you see seeds like this because uh, we'll talk about the bottom half later, but just way less uh, strength there on the bottom. One thing I kind of wanted to bring up is uh, this ended actually in 2020, but Wimbledon, they used to be able to um, seed their players based on where they thought uh, uh, they should be in the draw based on how good they were um, in in the grass court, uh, on grass court. So for me, it's a little weird, right? To see Rafa, who's, I think, what, 11-time champion, 10-time, I don't know. He's won basically every French Open being the fifth seed. Um, and I don't know if there's something like that that could be implemented, just kind of avoid these top heavy draws where you're seeing the two greatest of all time having to play in the quarters. Uh, at Wimbledon, you saw Pete Sampras. He was elevated from number six to number one in 2001 because he was obviously at the time the GOAT. Uh, and then Boris Becker also lifted from 18 to eight. So maybe not a, a wide variety. I can see the unfairness to it, not going by the HP rankings, but what are your thoughts on that vid? Like grand slams kind of having autonomy to maybe, I guess, see players where they see is fit based on their turn. Yeah. It's an interesting question. I personally think that you kind of just have to go by the rankings uh, because that makes for an interesting tournament when players are going to play each other. I mean, at the end of the day, the guy winning the, tournament is the only guy that didn't lose a match that tournament so I think when we think about it like that who you're playing when is yeah it's gonna maybe be a factor as to how tired you are you know is it gonna draw more viewers in the finals maybe if Rafa was playing Novak potentially Um, but I think you just gotta make the draw as the rankings lie and not kind of uh, riff about with it like that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would say about that is because tennis is such a surface-specific sport and you're getting players like Medvedev who really can't play too well on clay um, and then guys who are more like grass court specialists, um, I think I agree with you. It's not really fair. But at the same time, you're not – oftentimes with these majors, you're not necessarily getting the accurate seeding for that tournament. So just a a thought based on what we're going to see Rafa against – against Novak in the quarters, but just to touch on what a couple things that you said, I, I agree, you know, Novak being able to play Molkan and Nishioka in the first two rounds potentially is good because he's playing two left-handed players, some preparation potentially for Rafa uh, there in the quarterfinals. Uh, and I think one thing you didn't mention is, you know, Botic van de Zanschlup has had a great season on the clay. Uh, and the only reason I mention that is because if Rafa's ankle foot is a factor is hurting him then I think that's the match that he's going to lose I don't think that Felix is a threat in other words if he gets through Botic then he will get through Felix so for Rafa I'm looking at that Botic match uh, if Botic gets there uh, as kind of the, the test and uh, yeah Felix I think he'll get through that section but uh, if Rafa gets through Botic then uh, he should be uh, in the quarterfinals so I guess Vid, the who do you have coming out of this quarter here Rafa Novak Dimitrov, maybe? Schwartzman? <laughs> Jay Tomo? 
baby. <laughs> Jay Tomo, I will say, Jay Tomo's redirect on the back end is quite good. So uh, he, I mean, I don't know. Jay Tomo, just this unfortunate drive. Don't even think he's been really been playing. A lot of these Aussie guys have kind of just decided to take their, I guess, Aussie winter and chill out down under. But um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, man? Who are you taking? I'm taking Novak, of course. Uh, I, I'm going to take the Joker. I think I think he's going to get through. I think if um, we, I think with Nadal's foot, uh, just not knowing what's going to happen with him, and with Novak's form at the Italian Open, I think you have to take him through that quarter. Yeah, for sure. Uh, any other matchups in this section, first or second round, that kind of caught your eye? Um, I, for me, it's Dimitrov against Giron first round. That's a rematch of 2021 first round uh, French Open. Giron actually got the win. We kind of talked about Giron last week. We had, both of them had him as a winner. He uh, made the third round at the French Open last year, so he's defending some points. Um, I'm interested to see that uh, Dimitrov has, has been playing well also. Uh, and then we talk about a, any lower-ranked guys that you see in this, in this quarter that can make some noise. I'll go with Carlos Taberner. I think he's a great clay court player. Him against Chorich in the first round is going to be uh, a, a battle. So I think the winner of that has a chance to potentially make the round of 16 uh, against Novak. Yeah, no, I think I agree. I think uh, an interesting one as well will be uh, Mutet Warenka, just just an old, older guy coming back versus yep. a young gun. So that'll be fun to see kind of a, a, a clash of the generations in that matchup. I'm ex- I always am excited to see the local guys in these Grand Slams, like French guys who are wild cards or who get in and then just see them in a five-setter, you know, with a packed, like, outside court. That's – that's I love seeing that. I mean, French guys, the French fans are freaking nuts. So, that's always fun to see. I mean, when they play the Paris 1000 – Oh, my God, they go crazy. Stadium pops off. So, yeah, great atmosphere. Wish, wish I was boots on the ground for the French Open, but unfortunately not. Yeah, also Chris O'Connell in this section. I said put, have an eye on him for, for, next, uh, uh, for next week, so we'll see how he does. Uh, okay, let's, let's move on here. Let's, let's go to the Alcaraz-Varev quarter of the draw. Uh, Alcaraz has a couple interesting potential matchups. Porta in the third. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll go. I was going to say the exact same thing. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but... Alcaraz, I think it'll be interesting to see him play Corda because it, he is one of the only three guys that has beat him this year. Um, do I think Carlos is going to falter there? Honestly, no. I think he'll, he'll get through Corda in that match, but it will be fun to see. Also interesting in this quarter is Zverev. Not, not a breeze for him. Uh, no, not at all. It's not going to be a walk in the park for Sasha Zverev. Uh, he got his Baez. Um, second round, Orlyevich, both been playing pretty solid. And I know he beat Baez, but, um, you know, he's in form, so that'll be a real match. Then he's going to go have Davidovich Fakina, who finals of Monte Carlo and a great clay court player. And then after that, he has Fred, Fritz, who's always a threat. on. What's going on with Fritz, though? He's been injured. Like is he? Yeah. Why, I was surprised to see him in the draw. To be honest, I was. I was gonna say I wasn't sure why he didn't play the last two weeks. Maybe it's injury. So he was oh, injured. He was injured. He was injured. Oh well. Honestly, I think if he's healthy, fully hundred percent, I think he'll be fine to go. It's and not an easy draw. Because remember what happened? Was it Wimbledon last year? He got hurt, had knee surgery. Three weeks later, makes the third, fourth round of Wimbledon. So I don't see 
um, any issue for him as long as he's healthy. But yeah, you said he is an easy draw. I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, John Isner, the other seed in that kind of section. Uh, unfortunate a bit for uh, Alejandro Davidovich Fakina, defending quarterfinalists, a lot of points to defend. He's going to run into Zverev uh, in, in, the, uh, in the third round. Uh, and again, Vid, you, you touched on it, man. Zverev played a qualifier in the first round last year as well. That was Oscar Ott. He was down two sets to love, uh, and Ott had, you know, was in control of the match. Zverev came through, but certainly, uh, you know, I think once he gets his feet under him, wins a few matches, he'll be fine. But uh, that Baez-Zverev match is going be, to be really interesting. The question I have for you with regards to Zverev's draw is, you think any of these, these – tougher section that he's in you think if he makes it through he'll have a chance against Alcaraz uh I'm gonna say I'll say yes just because I think he's like really good but just going back to his match against Stefanos and the semis of last week is like I always thought his nerves more happened against worse players and it was like okay he's playing bad players he's nervous he doesn't want to lose um and that's kind of hampering his game but Against Stefanos, he was up a set, and it was on serve in the second, and he was serving, and he had, like, three double faults in the game, could barely, like, move his racket up, had the yips on his toss. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm, I'm worried about Zverev because I always thought it was a thing about him playing against lower-ranked guys, but he had those nerves against Stefanos as well. It's like, no reason to be nervous. You just beat him last week, and it's a top, another top guy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think he's a chance against Zverev. I'm never going to say he doesn't because he's so good at tennis, but – all right. So uh, I'm mean, against Alcaraz. Uh, so, who's who's your guy coming out of this quarter? I'm gonna take. I think Carlos Alcaraz is gonna come out of this quarter. I was looking for a reason to say that he's not going to, just kind of to be contradictory and go against, I guess, the wave because I I do think the hype's getting a little out of control. But no, I don't think Corda's gonna beat him. I mean, Thanasi second round, Cam Nori. It'll be a fun match to watch, but I don't know. The other thing I'll say is this is the week that Dominic Team finally gets his first win. He's playing, he's playing Hugo Delian, the Bolivian, who's lower-ranked guy. Uh, he's back at familiar stomping grounds at the French Open, Roland Garros. So I'm just excited to watch that match and see Dominic's reaction when he gets through all that adversity and finally wins. I think he can – honestly, if he can win that, he could beat Karen Kachin on second round, and we might be off to the races bit. We might be off to the races for Dominic Team, but uh, – yeah, yeah, I'm interested. I, I can't wait to see him finally get a win because he will win that match. If Dominic team <laughs> wins that first round, beats Karen, and is off to the races, and we see him in the final, I'll be sitting on the pod in two, three weeks, looking like a real clown after what I said earlier. So you know how tennis works, man. It's so much confidence. Just he has no confidence right now. I think his game's still somewhere in there. The fitness level's there. It's like. If he can beat Cam Nori, and I'm getting, this is we're getting kind of out there, right? We're getting out there right now. But if he can beat Cam Nori, and then it's like team against Alcaraz or some shit like that in the uh, uh, in the round of sixteen, that would be awesome to watch. But yeah, I'm taking Alcaraz out of this section. Ben, who who you have? Yeah, same exactly what you said. I I would love to find someone else to take out of this section, but it's just it is hard to find someone. So I'm gonna have to go Alcaraz too. So hopefully, when we get to these next two quarters, we'll be able to. Talk about someone getting through who's not one of the top, one of the top top. Oh, he's or sorry, he's not he's not the four seed. 
or why he is not. So yeah, was- yeah, disrespecting the Greek community and Stephanos Tsitsipas, who is number four in the world currently. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think I'm disrespecting Alexander Zverev. But yeah, should we move on to the next quarter? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually so funny because it's like I'm looking at this draw, right? And I'm seeing Alcaraz and Zverev. I'm just in my head assuming that Alcaraz is the higher seeded player. It's like, nope, Alexander Zverev is actually the third seed. So um, we're kind of halfway through the draw. What do you think about a little bit of French Open specific trivia? Yeah, let's do the trivia. Okay, let's go for it. Let's do the trivia. Trivia time. So, Vid, we've got Carlos Alcaraz, the young upstart, really, really young guy, looking to win uh, the French Open at the age of 19 years, a few months. Um, there's been other young guys who won the French Open uh, in the men's game. Where would he rank in terms of youngest winners of the French Open in the men's game? If Carlos Alcaraz were to take the title down here about 17 days from now. Where would he rank? Like in terms of youngest winners. So he's not the youngest. He's not going to be the youngest. But where would he rank in terms of youngest winners? Where would he rank? Do you, you understand what I'm saying? I, no, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I'm just uh, trying to think about that. I mean, I don't – Nadal was 18. Michael Chang was 18. It's probably someone else. I don't think so. So I'm going to go third youngest. Uh, incorrect. Sixth youngest, actually. Uh, we have Rafa Nadal, 19. <laughs> Bjorn Borg won at 18. Mats Wielander, a guy we don't talk about enough, 17-year-old champ. Boris Becker won the French Open at 17. And Michael Chang with that improbable run at 17 years of age, the youngest to ever win the French Open men's game. Wow. Can you believe that? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I should have known some of those, but sixth is. It's crazy, right? Um, But Alcaraz last year, he went, came through qualifying, um, and then he lost to Struff in the third round. So crazy to see that he had to play qualifying here last year, and he's coming in this year as like one of the favorites. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think how young Chang was when he won it. But uh, let's move on to our second trivia question. So that uh, Rafael Nadal an unprecedented second Australian Open title this year. He's trying to be the fourth player in the Open era, excuse me, fifth player in the Open era to do the Australian Open, French Open double. It's only been done by five, uh, by four players so far. Uh, as you know, Novak Djokovic did it last year, winning both the first, second, and he also won Wimbledon. Um, so when was, who and when, when is a bonus point, was the last player to achieve the Australian Open, French Open, double before Novak Djokovic did it last year. Australian Open, French Open, double. Yep, winning the first two Grand Slams of the year. Cannot look this up on your computer. I can see you're maybe typing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not looking it up. If I was looking it up, I would have got all your other damn trivia questions right. Whoa! whoa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just saw that little look of like your face, and then you were like kind of typing. But I know the trivia—you're not doing too great on it recently, so maybe it's getting to you. I'm also affording you the opportunity to give me trivia questions. I haven't been given any of them, so maybe next episode I can be on the hot seat for trivia. I, I understand it must be hard. 
Uh, yeah, it's tough. Um, it is tough. Aussie Open, French Open. Correct. Oh, was it Federer? Federer never did it. That's incorrect. The correct answer is Novak Djokovic in 2016. Yes, oh. that's the GOAT. That's the GOAT. That's Novak. Oh, wow. And again, I think something you probably could have figured out because Novak basically wins the Australian Open every year that he's not being locked up in the refugee hot hotel slash prison. So if he's not doing that in Australia, then he's winning the French Open. Um, so yeah, 2016, Novak Djokovic. And if you're curious, the other guys to do it uh, in the open era was Courier, Wielander, and uh, Rod Laver, who did it both uh, before the open era and in the open era. So it's so hard to, to win both those events and just shows how incredible Novak is. I've done it twice. I mean, come on, Novak. just too good um well one more one more trivia question i think it's unlikely you'll get this right but maybe you will who knows um it's very simple we know we call it the french open we also call it roland garros um so who was roland garros vid uh was he a pilot was he a former tennis player was he a former french president a former science famous scientist a french footballer uh, i'm giving you some options there to guess from do you have any guess is this a multiple choice question? Multiple choice because there's just no way that you would have gotten this correct. So I'm giving you the answer. The answer is here in one of these five uh, answers. Okay, so. You said either a tennis player, a pilot, mm -hmm. a politician. Mm -hmm. Scientist or footballer. Scientist or footballer. Okay. There's five choices there, I think. Okay. I'm, I don't think it's a tennis player. Um, Good. Not correct. I'm not going to give you any more hints, but you're right about that. It's not a tennis player. Because we, we, we probably would have heard of him, right? We, we probably would have heard of him. Like, Rod Laver Arena, we know who that is. <laughs> exactly. Also, Roland Garros is a part of Paris. Oh, really? I think. Yeah. So, well, that was also named after the same person then, I guess. So then I'm going to have to say, like, a politician. You are... Incorrect. Um, it was uh, it was a it was a French fighter pilot. Yep, French fighter pilot. World War One. He's actually credited by the French. Who knows if this is true? As being involved in one of like the first air battles in history. He was known as being one of the greatest pilots uh, uh, of the French army ever. World War One pilot. So uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting thing you can tell your friends when you're talking about the French Open. Why we call it Roland Garros and who that's named after. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Honestly, I wanted to guess. I wanted to guess pilot but i just thought that'd be too cool you know yeah no that's why i kind of included it it's pretty awesome isn't it you'd think it'd be a politician i would say probably if i had to guess i would guess politician or president like politicians and it's the easy answer um like to pick the tennis player is a clear not the answer exactly so at least i eliminated that one huh <laughs> yeah but it could have been it could have been tennis player because it's so obviously not tennis player. you want another trivia question or no you're good you know what? Honestly, I'm going to bow out from the trivia today just because I'm getting demolished. So why don't we just talk about the draw? Why don't we do easy trivia question? Maybe we can add it if, if, if you get right. I, I don't want to do more trivia. I'm done with this shit. Let's talk about the fucking draw. <laughs> you didn't like it? I liked it, but I just suck. Okay, so that was some interesting trivia. Hopefully the listeners learned a little bit more about Roland Karros and uh, – uh, some of the things that I learned doing the trivia research, but uh, let's go to the bottom half. I, I do want to break it up by quarter, but first let's just take the bottom half. 
the only name you're seeing there kind of is Stefano Tsitsipas. Obviously, there are a lot of other incredible players, but I mean, do you see anyone other than Stefanos getting out of this? Is there? Is it just a foregone conclusion we're seeing Stefanos Tsitsipas in the finals? Um, also, he's the four seed, which is surprising that he's, I don't know, like, feels like he should be higher. I, I No, I don't think I agree. What, he's a four seed. I think that's accurate. I mean, yeah, is he more of a favorite to win it than Zverev? Yes, clearly, but I don't think he should be necessarily – higher than the four seed. I mean, maybe if we're going off your rankings, how they could do it at Wimbledon, he'd be the three seed. But but I think four seed is is kind of where he's supposed to be, where he is in the rankings. So Well that's, that's literally where he is in the rankings, but I'm yeah, just saying yeah, exactly. I'm just saying based on his form of late and like where how he's been playing compared to Zverev and Medvedev. Yeah, sure. I, I agree. But I, I think that I don't see anyone else getting out of this section. If you had to pick one person getting out of this section that's not Stefano Sissipas, who would it be? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, Medvedev obviously is not good on clay, and he did make the quarterfinals last year. So I think when we're talking about Medvedev, I think I want the listeners to know that it's because he hasn't played, he's been injured, not because we're disrespecting his game. Like, he did make the quarterfinals last year of the French Open, legitimately really good result. Um You've got Casper. The thing about, like, yeah, Casper, um, you said you want me to pick one player if it wasn't Stefanos, who I think it would be. Yeah, I'm going to go with Miomir Kikmanovic. Uh, wow. he's, I've actually got him coming out of that bottom quarter, um, which maybe we can go to the bottom quarter next, but because he's been playing some really good tennis recently. We've seen um, he's got a new coach he's working with, former player. <clears throat> I think it's David Nobandian, perhaps. Um, just add another element to his game. He almost beat Alcaraz in Miami. I think he was closer to beating Alcaraz there than uh, Stefanos was. Uh, had a, a middling uh, clay court season, but also, uh, you know, Djokovic played well against him in Serbia, actually, and he almost beat Novak. Uh, yeah, I have Kekmanovic actually coming out of that uh, bottom quarter to make the quarterfinals. And I would say Denis, Denis Shapovalov, but uh, I'm not going to do that until Denis shows us that he can kind of beat uh, low-ranked guys consistently. He's got a tough first round against Holger and a tough second round, just a tough draw. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Mimir Kekmanovic as my pick for potentially uh, if Stefanos stumbles or maybe tops of Stefanos. Who do you have? Yeah, I, I really like your I really like your Kekmanovic pick, but I honestly didn't see that before you said it, so I'm not going not gonna to take him. Who my I honestly hate to keep gassing him up like this, but – I think if Denis Shapovalov can get through that first round against Holger Rune, he really has a shot to be the guy um, to get through. Like we said, Rude hasn't proved himself at the slams, and Shapovalov really, he has done that. So I think that first round matchup against Rune will be interesting because we saw Rune today in the quarters of the 250 cramping up. Um, you know, oh, Holger, Holger, of course. Yeah, yeah, Holger. It looked like his body was letting him down. And I think he he may have those issues at the French. And Havilov may have issues of uh, being tight um, more figuratively and tight in the mind. So I think it'll be really Holger's body versus Shapovalov's mind. But if he can get through that, I think he will be off to the races. Yeah, I think Dennis will get through Holger in the first round just because he's going to be on alert. Everyone's talking about Holger Rune. Everyone knows that. He's a threat. And again, Holger over five sets hasn't shown it. 
really that much. Um, cramped up, uh, has cramped up on multiple occasions. It gets so hot out there uh, in Paris. I, if I was betting that match, I would take Holger to win the first set, but Dennis to win the match. That would be like my parlay bet, I guess, because I think Holger will come out on fire, um, but Dennis is just going to work him. And another match that Dennis needs to keep the ball in play and not hit out of his shoes because he needs to get Holger tired. The reason I didn't go with Dennis is because he's got a really tough, tough draw. Like, if he beats Holger, I think he's ripe for an upset in the next round against Pedro Martinez, who's, uh, I think, a top 35 clay court player in, in, in the world. Then he's got Alex Dimonor, then Stefano has to upset, then Casper. I don't know. I just think the draw for Dennis, I would love to pick him, and I know we're, we're gassing him up. We both love just his talent and his game. Just a few too many names that he doesn't get a break uh, for, like, an easy match. And, yeah, I just don't think that he's going to be able to just consistently win but if he gets to Stefanos, he does have a three-to-one head-to-head uh, matchup uh, uh, record against Stefanos. So he's beaten Stefanos three times. Stefanos only beaten him once. Um, yeah, if he can make it there, I would be – Stefanos got to be an upset alert there. And then if that happens, then the dominoes fall for that entire bottom half just being uh, wide open. So, yeah, let's go to the third quarter, though. This is the Casper Rue we talked about. Dennis and, and Stefanos. Anything else from this this third quarter of the draw that, that catches your eye? Um, no, I think I think you know the Gaston Demonar match. It'll be a fun, fun first round. Um, if I was kind of able to be at the French Open, I'd definitely be watching that one live. It'd be a lot of fun. But I think there's not much going on in this bottom half. It'll be interesting to see how uh, Hubert does coming out of here. But you know. Hasn't had great form lately, but I think the bottom of the ha- bottom half of the draw is quiet. So I think that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, bottom half a little quiet. Medvedev is there, kind of lurking. Let's let's go to the last little section here. It's Medvedev, Rublev, the two highest seeds. I mean, I think this is like one of the worst. It's like one of the worst sections of a Grand Slam draw, just based on how everyone's playing. I mean, Karina Busta not playing good tennis. Basilashvili's there. I don't know, man. I mean, what do you what do you make of this bottom kind of? Um, what do I make of it? I'll make a bold prediction. I'll I'll say Medvedev and Rublev don't make it to the quarters. Both of them. That's not really a bold prediction, but <laughs> I think a more bold prediction. More bold prediction would be saying one of them actually somehow makes the quarters. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. But yeah, that, I guess that just that just proves how boring this this. Half of the draws. Yeah, you got Benoit Pair. Um, the one guy I'm going to flag from this is Yannick Sinner. Uh, Rublev, Medvedev, guys that he can beat. He's been training hard. We are on the pod ragging on him sometimes because he can't get that big win. But um, if he can come through this quarter, which is very, very realistic, he's got a qualifier, then maybe like Robert Baena and then Basilashvili. So a lot of guys that he should just kind of – put to the side quite easily and then Rublev so um yeah Sinner interesting I didn't even talk about him but I would put I would put maybe Sinner and Kekmanovic as my favorites in that in that part of the draw yeah no I like that 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 sounds sounds like a good prediction from you I think that's I think you've had some better analysis of this half of the draw than I have no, it's fine. I mean, it's uh, yeah. Christian Guerin, Tommy Paul, also an interesting first round match. Bazilashvili, Cressy rematch of the U.S. Open second round. So that'll be that'll be fun. 
Yeah, we were boots on the ground at that match. Um, Cressy just had a huge win, and then uh, Nicolos kind of took him apart. Um, yeah, so do we have a pick, Vid? Do you have a pick coming out of this section? I assume you had Stefanos from the last one. That was your pick to come out of the, the third quarter? Yeah, that was my pick to come out of the third quarter. So you're not, despite gassing up Dennis, you're not picking him to upset Stefanos. You're saying it's possible. Yeah, you really picked apart my argument on Dennis. Um <laughs> <laughs> but okay yeah no i mean i think i agree with you like dennis could do something but uh okay. so you've got stefanos and then who do you have coming out of this bottom section because you said that you think daniel and andre both won't make the quarters or something so yeah so i'll, I'll go center as center. well okay okay so um looks like i have stefanos against um Kekmanovic in the semis, and then Novak against Alcaraz. Uh, you've got Novak against Alcaraz, and then Stefanos against Sinner. Uh, who is your pick to win those semifinal matches? I'm going to go Novak over Carlos Alcaraz, and I'm going to go Sissi Pass over Yannick Sinner. And I think yep. we're going to have a rematch of 2021. Rematch of 2021, rematch of last week in Italy. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Novak Djokovic is going to win his 21st Grand Slam uh, at the French Open. Going to be a little unfortunate for Rafa, seeing Rafa kind of uh, hobbled, hampered, almost like just can't even walk. Um, for Novak, that would be the ultimate Joker move, wouldn't it? To just come out in Rafa's house. Uh, take the 21st Grand Slam and be like, yeah, I have 21 Grand Slams as well. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to pick Novak as well in the finals. You got it. I'm going to pick Novak Djokovic to win his 21st Grand Slam title for the, at the French Open. It's going to be crazy to see. Yeah. I mean, there you have some consensus on it. It's going to be interesting. As you know, how these slams work, like uh, anything can happen. I mean, you end up with like random guys making the fourth round kind of, Crazy upsets, five setters. Um, yeah, I just can't wait for it. So there's our take on the men's draw. And now we'll get into the women's draw, which we don't have as much in-depth analysis on as the men's, but we did most certainly go through it and picked out some of our favorite stuff. And we'll have a little conversation of what's going on there, what's going on with Iga, um, obviously. And Drew, if you want to just take it away and give us your thoughts on the women's draw. I would say the first thing that like comes to my mind when I see the women's draw is just so many good players that are kind of at the same level. Let's take out Iga for a second. Um, and just so many interesting matchups, potential third round matchups, fourth round matchups. Um, the first thing that obviously caught my eye was seeing uh, Osaka against Anna Nisova in the first round. I just cannot believe that that's a first round matchup. Um, and it's interesting because in my head I was thinking, is Anna Nisova not seated? But no, Osaka is an unseated player because she just uh, is kind of a part-time athlete right now. Um, in terms of who's going to win it, obviously Iga is the favorite, but she's got some tough matches here in her, her section. Um, Yastrzemska in the second round could be a bit of a test. And then, again, you always, in the women's game, because it's two out of three sets, it's like there's more variety, there's more uh, upsets that can happen. Because, like you saw in the men's game, often players will go down two sets to love who are favorites. You saw that was Zverev last year in the first round, and they can just come back. But in the women, it's like 
if these favorites, sometimes I've noticed in majors, because it is a major, they get a little more nervous. You lose the first set, it's all of a sudden you're one set away from winning, and it can kind of all collapse. So I think, yeah, a two out of three set dynamic uh, for the women is just a lot different. Um, looking at Edith Iga specifically, uh, she's got Sam, Ludmilla Sam Sanova in the third round. She was down a set and a break, down in the third set to her earlier this year. So someone who does have belief uh, that they can beat Iga. And then Halep, uh, and potentially in the fourth round, who's the second favorite. You mentioned to me that to me before the podcast. Um, or Ostapenko. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of really, really interesting, interesting matchups i'm interested to see how paula bedosa does like she's been lacking this clay court season she has kudamantova in the third round um so yeah uh, it's going to be interesting like a lot of the top players in the women actually not doing great like contavite haven't seen her deep in a draw after her incredible season last year um so i'm interested to see how they do on the big stage as well um and then ons jabor maria sakari uh, uh always going to be a threat um yeah, I, I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I think Iga's just got some tough rounds. Yeah, no, I definitely think Iga has a tough draw playing Halep in the, the third third round. And I think it's it's crazy because if you look at the odds um, sheet, Halep is uh, the second favorite after Iga to win the tournament. So that's definitely going to be pretty interesting. And I can't wait to watch that matchup um it's gonna be really really fun and it's gonna be some really high level tennis and then you mentioned Bedosa and you know who I think this really opens the door for with Bedosa not being in form is Elena Rabakina who <laughs> who as I mentioned earlier made it to the quarters of the French Open last year lost nine seven in the third that round She's made of glass, though, bro. She, like, gets injured. Yeah, yes, but maybe the clay will be easy on her knees. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Kuder Matova is going to play Bedosa. And, like, I'd love to say that's an opportunity, opportunity for Veronica to take her out. But they've played twice in mm-hmm. the last two months. And it's just been, it's been, it's been cake for Paula. So yeah. I, I don't see it shaping up any other way. Um, that matchup and I think if Rabakina can get through keys um, and get to Bedosa or Kudermatova um, then I think if she wins that match she could be off to the races maybe semis finals potentially win the tournament but I think you said yeah injuries have hampered her throughout last year as well and I think this year so it'll be interesting to see um, how she fares in the French yeah, Sabalenka. Any, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. Any any thoughts on that? No, I agree. I think Kudermatova is a girl where you she's ranked highly. Always does seem to get a little bit worked by the top girls whenever you think that she might have a chance. So I think I agree with you because Bedosa is going to have a couple easy matches in the first couple rounds here. We know how strong those WTA thousand events are, so maybe not as many easy matches. I think that'll be really good for Bedosa's. Uh, confidence looking a little deeper in the draw here the bottom the bottom quarter I think is the most wide open we've got Krakova as a defending champion I don't know but what do you think about like Krakova Contavite section Jill Teichman probably might be my pick out of that one that section yeah I think that's a pretty good pick like you said it's Krakova not really in form 
Annette was sick for a little bit, not playing tournaments, maybe due to injury or whatnot, and then didn't have a great result at the Italian Open. So I don't think that we can um, expect to see much from her at the French. So I do think, I don't know who's going to come out of that section, but I think there's a lot of room for upsets down there. And then I don't know if we want to touch on um, the U.S. Open 2021 Women's Champion and talk about her draw, but she plays a quality. Yeah, let's, I do want to talk about her draw, but I also want to talk about Annette a little bit because, uh, like we always say in these majors, it's like some certain players kind of rise to the occasion and other players kind of fall. And I know it's been kind of like a running joke that Annette Konzevite can only play on indoor hard. Like she's tweeted like kind of self-deprecating jokes about herself being only able to play at these like smaller events on indoor hard court or fast hard court. But at, at some point it kind of just – gets to a point where you're really asking a question like can you perform at a major championship she lost two and four at the Australian Open uh to Clara Tossin which is Clara Tossin is like an upstart young player but not great and then she also lost in the third well I guess she lost to Iga in the third round of last year's U.S. Open but uh, yeah she just doesn't she's a great player one of the best on tour just doesn't seem to be able to put it together so I don't know I'm interested to see what she does um yeah I was just it, it will be interesting to see what happens with her this tournament. She honestly doesn't have a walk in the park first round with Isla Tomljanowicz, however you say her name. Um, so, I mean, if she can get through that alone, I think it would be good for her, to be honest. <laughs> see, that's, that's just crazy for a girl who won. She had a streak last year, too. That was like 20 in a row or something, right? I mean, she, she's so good. It's crazy. She's amazing at tennis. It's just every time I every time I watch her in those indoor hard events, I'm like, I cannot imagine. I cannot believe what you're doing right now. I, I mean, yeah, I love what her and Iga watching them play tennis is just beautiful. Moving the ball around from side yeah. to side. They so play cool. the sport like it's meant to be played. Exactly. I mean, yeah. That's. I guess. Yeah. You put it. Put it exactly correctly. It's just so fun to watch them play. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna, I just also I'm an Annette Kontaveit fan, by the way. It might not sound like it, but the way I play, but I just want say, but I want her to do well in these tournaments. I I love watching her. So gosh, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I'm a huge fan too. She's so feisty on the court, and so feisty. You can just tell how much she cares because there are players who you know do this you know as a you know normal job, do it to have an income and then go home and chill, which is fine. But she, she wants to win and she's feisty on the court. And I love to see that. Honestly, if Ribakina had some of like even 50% of Kantamite's feistiness, maybe she would have like multiple grand slams at this point because Ribakina also, I know you, I agree. She can beat Bedosa potentially, but she doesn't have that dog in her as much as someone like a Bedosa or a Kantamite. I think just kind of out there. I, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with you. I, I think you're just saying that because she's not loud on the court. She's just like a quiet girl. So I think that's why you're saying that. But I feel like the passion, drive, and fire is in her to win. And I just think she needs to keep her head together through the entirety of a tournament when things are not going great, um, when she maybe needs to tweak what's happening, when she her serve is maybe not working as well as she'd like because we know she has a massive serve. So – I'm going to disagree with you on uh, on that. Um, I think it's just a different – it's a different kind of fire she has. It's all inside. That's, that's certainly true. I mean, a lot of the 
some of the best players in the world can be more reserved and still have that fire. I could be totally incorrect on that, that I agree. Um, yeah, so let's, let's, let's talk about our 2021 um, U.S. Open champion, because she's still the 12th seed. She's a top 15 player in the world. Emma Raducanu um, plays a qualifier in the first round. Uh, as we know, qualifiers can be dangerous. She herself was a qualifier last year, winning the tournament, the U.S. Open. Um, but I don't know. I don't have too much to say on her. I think she could find her game and go deep. I think she could lose first round. Any update on her injuries? I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the update is on her injuries. I, ho- hopefully she's good to go, and hopefully the back is holding up. But I will say one thing, a few things with regards to Emma and her in tournament play is, for me, it's always a look at that first-round match. Whoever she's playing, um, she could be playing the number one player in the world or – a qualifier. I think she's always nervous during those first rounds, which everyone is. Um, right. No matter what level of tennis you're playing at, you're at a first round of a tournament, you're going to be nervous. If you're Novak Djokovic or if you're playing some local tournament in America somewhere, you're going to be nervous playing a playing first Playing like high school tennis, and it's just some terrible thing. Yeah. Like there's like players who literally cannot pick up a racket and swing yeah. the ball. You're still going to be nervous playing someone who doesn't know how to play tennis um, because it's the first round. So I think It'll be interesting to see if she can come through that, who that qualifier is that she plays. But I think um, if she gets through that, then she should be fine. And she'll get um, another player who she's played and lost to in the last six, eight months, Sasnovich. So she'll be able to get some revenge on Sasnovich if she gets through that. Vinny, I just saw Layla also sneaky in this quarter. So if they, Layla could play Emma in the quarters if they both somehow by the – I don't know what that's going to be at the act of God for both of those girls to make the, make the quarterfinals. But I would say that the ratings for that match would be off the fucking charts, but that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that happens. I'm, I'm sorry. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, Layla against Emma last year actually had a higher like TV rating than the men's final and men's final was Novak going for a grand slam. Isn't that bizarre? Um, yeah, bizarre, but honestly, honestly, believable. Bizarre, but believable, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who do you have, Animasova or Osaka? And the third round of that would be Sakari against the winner of that one. I, I'll have Animasova. She does well at the French. But I think, I think we should kind of wrap it up with just predictions on who is going to win the tournament. Or give me your semifinalist. Let's go to the semifinalist. I'll go first. Uh, top section, yeah, I have uh, Iga losing to Simona Halep uh, in the fourth round. Uh, it's going to be an upset. Uh, I just, um, like I said last week, it's a feeling inside me that uh, I don't think that Iga's going to win this tournament. Nothing to back it up, and I'm not going to try to back it up because she's just such an incredible tennis player. Uh, so I do have Simona coming out of that section. Uh, next section, uh, I'm going to go with... I am going to go with – I'll go with Sabalenka. Sure, why not? Sabalenka to make the semis. And then I'm going to go with – this is the next section. Ons Jabor. I just can't justify picking against her right now. And the last section of the draw, which is the hardest, I'm going to go for Jill Teichman to make the semis. I like that. Um, I'm going to go 
Iga from the top to make the semis. I'm going to go Ribikina. Wow, that is bold. From that second section to make the semis. I am going to go Sakari from the next section. And I am going to go... This is a tough one. I don't know who I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with Isla Tomilanowicz. Looks like you find that losing in the first round. That's interesting. Um, yes, so semifinals, I have, I'm going to have Jill Teichman beating Ons. Uh, Jill Teichman making the finals of the tournament. Um, and then I have Halep uh, defeating Sabalenka, and I have Halep winning these, this year's French Open. Patrick Mortogli would love to hear that. Yes, Patrick. Uh, new, new partnership. Always interesting to see the first few months what they can kind of implement in the game that the previous coach maybe didn't see. So I think Patrick has that magic, some sort of uh, secret sauce that he's going to be cooking up uh, with Simona Jalapeno uh, in her game. And, uh, yeah, I think she's going to win the tournament. Biddy. Uh, I think we're going to see Sakari versus Iga finals, and I think we're going to see Iga win the tournament and continue the winning streak. Yep, Ons against Sakari quarterfinal. That's a rematch. Sakari had a bunch of match points. Was up double break in the second set last last week. I think I would have picked her honestly because she's like her game and everything. But her confidence is shot. Um, so I think Animasova or Osaka uh, will defeat uh, will defeat Sakari in that section. But I don't know. What do you, do you did you used to look at your draws at big tournaments? Do you used to like look ahead because I think some of these players look at their draws, others don't. You know. Yeah, I wouldn't look too far out. I would look at my first round and be like, I got to win this, and hopefully I can get through to the second, third round. Um, you know, I know you were more of a big shot looking, basically probably you were looking at who you're going to play in the semis, from what I remember. That's correct. Yeah, I remember one tournament, Midwest closed, I was like a seed, and I immediately looked at the fourth round, and then I was like complaining to people about who I play, and everyone was saying like, "Oh, you played this guy fourth. You have to play this guy." Assuming I was talking about the first round, but no, I already put myself in the fourth round. Yeah, ended up losing the third round of that tournament, so never, never got to that point, unfortunately. So, yeah, I, after that, I didn't really look at my draw. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I wonder if Nadal, Djokovic, these guys, you know, uh, Zverev, Alcaraz, even know about the draw because I know a lot of them do. Kind of, they're very religious about not looking at it. Yeah, no, that honestly that'd be interesting to know how much they look at it. I'm sure I'm sure they hear. I don't think they'd be able to go through the media sessions and all that without hearing who they play in the first round, third round, fourth round. Uh so it's probably tough for them to do that, but obviously they're professional athletes focusing on their first match winning that and going on from there. But I'm super excited for the French Open to start, uh second major of the year. Looking forward to some long five setters. Looking forward to seeing how Iga does. And really looking forward to just getting underway come Sunday. Yeah, no, can't wait. And we know how important this tournament is, how many uh, implications it has. And I don't know, I just backed myself in the corner of, I guess, picking Simona Halep to win the tournament. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, 